The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by HotMovies.com. Try out some ethical, paid-for porn for free with none of those hidden fees or secret subscriptions when you sign up at HotMovies.com and use the promo code MANHOR. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. What's up, all you cunt punters, Tokyo drifters, and hung young hunks? This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Hey, everyone. How you doing? Welcome. This week on the pod, I've got on uh, LA-based rapper, hung young terrorist. Yeah, that's, that is the name. She also uh, performs stand-up comedy under the stage name Tokyo Cunt Punch. So this is just as colorful of an episode as the uh, episode title and guest names would suggest. Oh, boy. Uh, This is going to be an adventure for many of you. And I'm very excited to take you on that adventure in a little bit. But first, no show dates right now, people. No show dates. However, I will be announcing some tour dates in the upcoming weeks. That's exciting. Uh, It's also exciting because I am going on the road. Yeah. Little little road trippy trip. I will be next month driving out to Las Vegas for the AVN Awards and Adult Entertainment Expo, uh, and from there I will be uh, doing a little little tour, doing stand up all over this fine country, as well as recording a podcast with a lot of these uh, people I've wanted to have on the show for years who just don't live here. So I'm gonna be gone for probably about five to ten weeks, and in that time I'm gonna need. Um, a place or two to stay here and there. This is very odd and uncomfortable to say out to a bunch to thousands of strangers on a podcast, but uh, I also believe you can't get what you don't ask for. So, but if you are one, a, a mildly well-adjusted human being and number two, uh, have a spare bedroom or couch I could crash on, or even honestly, like a really comfy doggy bed that that could very well do. And you would be down to host me for an evening or two uh, as I pass through your village. Please shoot me an email at manwhorepod at gmail.com. Uh, tell me who you are and tell me where you are. And I very well might take you up on that offer uh, as I am currently finalizing my, my route. Okay, now that I got that very uncomfortable ask out of the way, I've got a, I've got a treat for you. I uh, I recently wrapped up my tenure with Sophia the intern. I, I was very sad to see her go. Many of you yesterday uh, hopefully heard her free bonus episode available on Patreon. She did a great job. I, I very much appreciate the help uh, that she's had. She did a great job, say with uh, with the Facebook page, especially. Way to go, Sophia! But we were really happy to hear her here on the show with her segment, "Sex in the Quad." With Sophia, the intern, and uh, Sophia, we would be remiss if we allowed Sophia to depart so finally without giving us just one more segment, one more round, one more go of it. So uh, I am happy to present one final uh, inundation of sex in the quad with Sophia, the intern. Instead of talking to various uh, members of her community at her school, we she actually did her first sit-down interview. It's Baby's first sit-down interview. 
So let's go give that a listen. Hello, everyone. It is Sophia. And today I have the pleasure of sitting down with Andy. So Andy, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hey, I'm Andy. Uh, Anthea Chan is my full name. I'm a, a researcher at uh, Teachers College at Columbia University. About a year ago, I helped lead the Conversio Virium, uh, also known as CV Kink Group at Columbia University. Um, I did that for two years. As a uh, psych student, I did some brief research in BDSM and BDSM is kind of my my love, my favorite topic to talk about. Perfect. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what is CV? What do you guys do on campus and, and what was your mission while you were there? So Conversio Virium is the oldest student-led BDSM group on a university campus in the United States. I think it was founded in 1994 and uh, it, so it's very long. It's as old as I am. <laughs> so there was a, a really long tradition of um, students sharing BDSM knowledge with each other. Uh, so when I was leading it as I was vice president, um, and I started off as treasurer and then became vice president. Um, so we would bring in uh, experts on different topics from throughout the city or from beyond. Um, I think in the past, they've like flown people in from the West Coast. People would come in and hold workshops. Every semester would start off with a basic consent workshop. Um, and uh, then from then on, it would be a monthly meeting. Um, usually there'd be like an introductory uh, rope uh, workshop, very hands-on stuff. Um, and yeah, rope, impact, play, uh, skill shares, um, sometimes show and tell. We'd bring in our toys. Um, we've talked about DIY kink toys and, you know, things for what to do on a budget. If you don't want to go to a shop and buy something, what can you use at home and that sort of thing. So it was a lot of, uh, education in that regard and also, um, discussion. When I was at CV, uh, they, we were invited to the annual Yes Fest at Columbia University, which is a festival all about consent. And they'd have it in the student center. Um, and they would have different student groups or different people from around the university come in and do different workshops and different discussions. Uh, so Converso Virium was invited. And we did come up with uh, this little workshop where uh as another way of practicing practical consent um we have people role play through teddy bears and it was kind of funny because we would dress up these teddy bears in bdsm gear and uh give people scripts and things to uh role play with these bears so the first workshop you know you're touching each other or not touching each other but this one is with bears so there's a little more you can do with that um as far as Columbia in general, uh, the fact that YesFest exists speaks to the um, the importance that consent holds for the students. But as far as the administration, you know, a lot of us have heard different stories about cases that have not been handled well by the administration. So there is a difference there. 
what was one of like the workshops that was your most favorite that, or that was like very popular with your members? I think the rope bondage workshops are the most popular. I think um, we had an impact play workshop and those are popular too, but I think people really like rope bondage. And uh, we would do pretty basic uh, ties with them. And uh, you would either, you know, do these ties on yourself. So like on your own leg or your own arm, or you can partner up with someone and tie their wrists together. So there's no like suspension going on. We don't have the rigging for that, but just basic things for that. And then they also show you different ways to do rope without necessarily having a lot of skills, but more of the um, like the charisma of handling rope like tugging someone really hard versus moving them very gently and having your own personality and your own flow in the way you do rope i thought that was really cool what is your rope personality andy the people want to (laughs) know so i think i'm i like to start off very soft so like you know is that okay and is that too tight and then i'll start like and then when you know, they're in a state of comfort to start tugging them around like a bully. <laughs> that's, that's, I like doing that. <laughs> the last thing that I want to wrap up with is tell me how your play personality compares to your real life personality. Sure. Um, so my real life personality is, I, I guess in a way I'm sort of that stereotypical, like working woman kind of thing who just needs to let loose. Yeah. I guess my real life personality is, really, you know, kind of a perfectionist. Uh, I do, I do a lot of work and, um, my play personality, I'm just kind of like, I don't know, I guess like a bimbo. (laughs) 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 Um, so it's kind of nice to, you know, I'm an academic. So in my play personality, I'm kind of a dumbass. You know, acting like, oh, I don't know what to do, or, oh, don't do that, uh, blah, blah, blah. So that kind of, like, um, softer, weaker, in in quotations, and um, just exploring different sides of me that I don't really get to portray in my day-to-day life. I think that's fascinating. (laughs) Life is always about finding balance, Mm -hmm. even in the sex life, right? Yeah. All right. So thank you so much for sitting down with me. That was Mm -hmm. really fascinating to listen to. I appreciate your time, Andy. Thanks. Thanks for chatting. (laughs) Now, Sophia actually conducted a 20-minute interview with Andy and... I'm just so proud that she was able to do a good 20 minutes. That's that's phenomenal. Well, actually, the entire uncut interview between Sophia and Andy and me trying not to, to pipe in is available tomorrow on Patreon for all of my $5 and up fan whores. Something exciting going on on my Patreon page is that uh, we are coming up close to episode number 300. Oh, yeah. This here is number 297. And I have never missed an episode in 297 consecutive Wednesdays. Uh, A stellar streak. So to celebrate, I am doing a special offer. Um, And this is going to expire next week at the end of Christmas Day. So listen up, people. 
for a limited time only, I am going to cover my body with all the names of my fan whores on Patreon. Yeah. All members in good standing as of December 25th will get their names painted on my naked body. And after I'm done covering myself in hundreds of names of of wonderful listeners, uh, I will be doing a fun little photo shoot so you'll get to see the finished product. And you'll even get uh, at least one photo where your name specifically is very visible. This is for all the members of my fan whore community. A great way to say thank you and a great way to celebrate 300 episodes. But I'm only doing it if we reach 200 patrons. Become a member today for as little as $2. Head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. This offer expires at the end of December 25th. All this Patreon talk kind of makes me want to do the fan whore appreciation moment. Uh, I just want to give a little shout out to some of the members uh, whose names very well may be uh, painted on my body very soon. Um, I want to give a shout out to Woody Battaglia, who is actually the co-host of Two Date Minimum, a podcast co-hosted by, yeah, former guest of the show, Madeline Smith. Y'all remember Madeline from last month, don't you? Yeah. So her co-host loved the show so much he became a member. All right, I want to give a thank you to Jared Gramstrup, who, uh, you know, seems really in the plaid, but he wears it well. I'm jealous. Uh, Hey, I want to congratulate Jason Conrad. Um, Jason Conrad, such such an aggressive name, like James Bond, John Wick, Jason Conrad. Next fall, Kumail Nanjiani is Jason Conrad. Man, you know, I don't, I actually never record these intros when I'm stoned, but this this is the first time I'm doing it, and I'm having a lot of fun. I'm going to be honest with you, people. All right, and I want to give one more shout-out to Brian Fisher, who I just, just want to say you and your gal are just such a cute couple, man. I, I, I kind of looked you up a bit and was like, oh, man, they, they look happy and great. Y'all look like you go out and, like, have Sicilian pizza together, but also, like, you go out and do half marathons together. You're doing great. Brian. So that was a fan whore appreciation moment. Uh, shout out to these four fan whores, as well as all the members of my uh, my whorehead community. And now, at last, our guest, uh, Hung Young Terrorist, a.k.a. Tokyo Cunt Punch, a.k.a. Terra. I don't know her last name. All right. Um, this This was a doozy of an episode. I was captivated. I originally was not sure... Where I was going to connect with this woman on, um, she's a sex worker who also raps, who also does stand-up comedy. This episode touched on some heavy topics. She used to be part of the Buddhafield cult, which was in that, that Holy Hell documentary. She was in it, and some shit went down. Okay, she had a nine-year-old flirt with her on Bumble. She uh, she used to heavily experiment sexually in her very youthful years with other children, including family members. I'm just like, okay, unexpected right turns. 
So I didn't really know how to react in these situations because, like, you never want to assume someone's experience. So I didn't know when she was sharing the stuff if if she shared it and she was, like, sad about it or if she was, like, nonchalant about it or something. She could even be pro it. Remember Bay Dodson? She was very pro incest. So I don't know how she feels. Or maybe she's maybe she jokes about it, but really she is sad. Like, I have no idea. Uh, th- this is an episode where you're, you're going to say WTF uh, quite a few times, uh, which I think makes it pretty fucking great she has a self-titled album out on spotify right now hung young terrorist i will say this it's it's music you can fuck to i think let's let's go get let's go get a punch in the cunt with tokyo cunt punch i'm in love with a couple of guys a couple of love. Two, two dudes i would say i i i have su- super hots for okay. i got i got a sugar daddy that pays my bills and i kind of love him too okay just because he really wants me to be happy okay uh love laney but she's taken yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um what sexual orientation do we identify as um i'm actually pretty straight okay pretty but straight. uh but i but i played with women when i was uh younger but i haven't I did a threesome with a girl probably a few years ago, but it wasn't my favorite because mm. I just I feel like all the uh, all the pussy flaps are intimidating for me, whereas like a cock is you know external, so it's like you can see what's what's happening. I feel like it's a little you bit... you pleasing like pussy lips. That's the confu- that's confusing for well, you. Well, I had a threesome and I just felt like I didn't know what I was doing down there. You mm. know what I mean? Like I just feel like I I don't know how how to do that. Sure. So. What about receiving? Were you like, that's I'm cool? Great. I'm not great at receiving head unless uh, they're super fucking into it. Okay. You know, they have to really, like like my sugar daddy, for example, Yeah, is super into it. And he's great at it. I can actually relax. But with most people, I'm always like, wait, are you okay? Is this good? Uh, do I taste okay? Do I need to take like pH balancing vitamins? Like, is it all right? What like- shows enthusiasm <laughs> for you? Like a head shake? Like a- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because he's like so into it. Because it's you know, I'm like you know, probably you know. Well, I would hope most people who want who who offer to go down on you will be you know uh, hyped up about it. Well, actually, not (laughs) a lot of guys that I fuck um, tend to be real pretty boys, and a lot of those real pretty boys are by and don't really like to give head. Sure. Um, and also sometimes, at least in my recent history, I I have sex with you know what I would call kids. Um, you know, they're just they're just younger. You know what I'm saying? and they uh they don't they they don't really know anything yet so it's like they they they're really tentative and it's just like a turn off it's like all right yeah i mean i would say young it's like you know tw- 26 i try not to go below there but there are you know 23 you know tw- 21 sometimes that they're really hot and then there was like some dude on bumble that literally was like i think 9 years old or something and was was saying he was 30 and using somebody else's pictures and then like let me know that and he kept finding me he was like pretending to be some really gorgeous model did you say nine yes these and okay and it's crazy because you know uh youtube has these wait do you do you advise people to to admit talking to nine-year-olds on online dating i I didn't meet him i I I told him i told i told him he needs to like you know get off of the thing and like no way you know what I mean, but but I also respect his uh, ingenuity. You know, yeah. But um, would, would would you would you have hooked up with whoever his avatar was? Uh, oh he, yeah, that was like a hot. Like model. did he he picked a good oh, he picked fake a, person to catfish with? He picked a gorgeous model that I like did an image search on, and I was like, oh shit, like that <laughs> that guy's really hot. Because initially that's who I thought I was talking to, right. and I was like, oh my god. But I have met models on Bumble, you know. So like, <laughs> how long into finding out the kid's nine 
do you still at least are uh, exchanging messages? Oh, I I mean, I I, I kept uh, unmatching, oh. but he kept finding me. What? Yeah, yeah, it was weird. And also, a hacker nine year old hack Bumble just to keep finding you over and over. Yeah, it's crazy because you know YouTube's new um, age restriction thing that they make you like they're like, okay, you have to mark this safe for kids or mm. not okay for kids. You know what I'm talking about? Right. Did you get that message? And uh, and I marked all my videos uh, not for kids just because like my lyrics are kind of crazy and stuff. Mm-hmm. But your 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 performer names are also kind of crazy. Yeah. Before you even hit play, you're like, this isn't for a child. <laughs> exactly. Like I, I I can't remember who was telling me that they couldn't even the last show that I did, uh, Honey Pot Radio in L.A. They couldn't even send out the email blast with my full uh, artist name in it because it wasn't going through their email. It was like being flagged for like terrorism. Yeah. <laughs> even, even though it's spelled a little differently, uh, they probably have like all the different spellings. But uh, but I was hoping when I marked my my videos like not safe for kids that like the kids that are like real smart will like make fake profiles and like be able to watch my videos. Maybe um, like I don't know. <laughs> That's what I would hope. <laughs> That's fun. It was a good time to say. I'm, I'm, I'm chatting right now with musician uh, Hung Young Terrorist, a.k.a. Uh, comedian Tokyo Cunt Punch, which is fun to figure out. Like I was asking Lainey, like, oh, how do I address her? And so you call her Cunt, Tokyo, Terrorist. Uh, pick any of the names and all of her names, and you can just go with that. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for having me, Billy. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming out. This Welcome to my, New York. <laughs> this is my first hotel uh, bed in a bed in uh podcast <laughs> fun very very nice well um yeah i was actually listening to your and i think you saw on, on instagram on the way over i was listening to music it was like this is like fuck music this oh, is shit. like this you know because i think a very common thing people don't know what to play when they got that tinder date over and then wow. it's like you could play yeah i just had shuffle play on yours i feel like that will work Seriously? for setting a mood yeah wow i'm gonna have to try to fuck to my record then i think so i think so I mean, yeah, the, the the music, uh, the the track you have down there. That is the uh, best compliment ever. Let's high five. <laughs> yes, I heard yes. white people like to high five. Yeah, well, are, are you not a <laughs> white person? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm 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 a mix, but uh, I think there's a lot of like Eastern European European in there. I've been high fiving like crazy, and then I was at a, a open mic, and they were talking about how white people like to high five, and I was like, oh my god, I feel called out. How did you get the name Tokyo Cunt Punch for your comedic persona? Yeah. Um, my older sister uh, was hanging out with an actor who she didn't tell me his name, but he told her Tokyo Cunt Punch should be a thing. And then she kept calling me that okay. because I'm very edgy and crazy. And then uh, uh, my consultant for my music project at the time thought my stand-up was so edgy that he wanted it to, to be completely separated. So I started using the name Tokyo Cunt Punch and I separated everything out. I made a website for Hung Young Terrorists and one for Tokyo Cunt Punch and same for all the social profiles, mm. different YouTube channels. Um, and then it, what, what ended up happening at long last was that um, I actually wanted to, you know, I needed to get some love and promotion for my my music, but I wasn't getting any. So I ended up breaking you know breaking with my consultant on that one point you know i was like can i have your blessing to just like veer from your advice on this one thing like i kind of just need to go with this and you know i just kind of rolled it all together and so now it's like i have five thousand aliases um but it but it kind of works you know it kind of works because uh 
I think at the at the end of the line that you know um, comedians want to be rock stars and rock stars love to laugh. Mm. So it kind of I feel like it kind of works. You know, yeah. I don't know. I hear like Justin Bieber like goes to comedy shows and like I just feel like it all kind of gels a little bit. Yeah, or you're John Mayer and you think you can do comedy, so you just oh, show. Oh yeah, he drops by the the comedy cellar and we'll just like do sets. Sometimes. No. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my god. 100%. That's so funny. He's been doing that for, I don't know, six, seven years or so. That's so crazy. Yeah. He'll just pop in. Yeah. My my consultant was worried that like it, he, people wouldn't take my music seriously because like I'm like, it hey, was up. I'm a hooker. And uh, when I'm not sucking cocks for money, I do music. You know what I mean? Mm. My shit's kind of like that. And he thought, well, no one's going to take you seriously. Um, but, you know, it's been actually it's been actually totally working. The together. consultant was cool with the name. Hung Young Terrorist. Yeah, he liked that. I was that. like, yeah, but if you have this other one that says Tokyo Cum Punch, that one, no one's going to take that one seriously. Come on now. Well, it wasn't <laughs> the name. The name came, the name was something else, but just the actual subject material because sure. all my comedy is about being a hooker. Okay. Like, I would say 80% of it. Um, I want to, I want to bring, you know, I want to branch out of that. You start with writing about what you know, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to do like, you know, an hour comedy, you know, special just about the hooker thing. And then maybe I can leave it behind and like, you know, do other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, there's just so much material. Yeah. You know, do you, do you have an alternate, uh, do you have like a, an alias for the sex work? Uh, I've had many aliases. Yeah. But yeah. like, are any of them as you know animated? They're not as that your others, or is it just like no, like Alice, like Sky? <laughs> you know, I like the name Sky okay. for hooker shit. All right, yeah. all right. What do do you currently have ads out right now? Uh, I don't have ads, but I've been like on those on You're those on websites, sugar that, sites. Yeah, exactly, sugar sites. I'm like uh, the guy I met. I met through like sugarmodels.com. Mm. And they would be very unhappy to know that I'm just like, you know, it's supposed to be a discreet thing and like make you check off something that's like, I'm not an escort. But, yeah. you know, they're all doing that shit. And uh, Seeking Arrangement actually wanted me to uh, cast me for like their home page, like for their homepage. And like, but my best friend at the time that was like advising me on all the shit was like, don't do that. But now I'm like looking back, I'm like, I should have done it. You know? <laughs> yeah, why not? I, it would have been kind of like funny. But then like, you know, if there, anybody... there are sex workers all over the country trying to find a place to advertise, and you were being uh, offered prime real estate. On I the know, internet. I know. I feel so, I feel so stupid. I was really kind of afraid. But can we just talk for like a second? Sure. Look at these gorgeous snowflakes. I know you guys see this all the time, but these are big. So you call them gorgeous because you don't get to see them. We call this a hassle. Oh yeah, it's and annoying. a nuisance. But they're so big. And they're, I don't know. They're they're big and then they, they shut down the subway and then we go like, ah, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's very fun like watching people like move, like when, when folks move here from like an LA or from Florida and they go like, snow. I know. It's the first snow. I want to go outside in the snow. And I'll be like, oh, like uh, New Yorkers who've been here long, you just go, you just, it's annoying. It's annoying. I know. Because I, I, I grew up in North Jersey. If you had a, you know, we had a lawn. So snow could be have the potential to be fun we can go into the lawn in this space to go have fun and throw snowballs and build a snowman but out here you can't do that yeah so it you only get the negative parts of the snow and none of the fun you yeah. know with it yeah i lived here for just like two years yeah and it was you know i'm from la and i couldn't handle you know the icebox winters that like last for six months so i totally feel you i do have the luxury of like returning to la in like a week so i'm just like oh Let's play with the snowflakes. <laughs> this is a novelty you know? for you. <laughs> this is this is great. I'm just like, yeah. It, I, but then again, your city just goes on fire. 
Yeah, exactly. My city's been on fire like a hell of a lot, actually. Yeah, who would have thought building like a, a city in the middle of the desert would be a good, you know, bad, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> this is a good city planning situation. Yeah, apparently like with climate change pretty soon too, the water level is going to rise and uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll probably all die before then, but. <laughs> yeah, but we're going to go out fucking. No. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you are, you were saying before that you're in love with. A couple guys. Yeah, I can't say who. Of course. Well, I mean, maybe one. Unless I they're famous, say. then I kind of need Both to of them. No. <laughs> well, one of them is for sure famous. And whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Are these people that you're like seeing or just you have like a. you have I have a crush f- on. Okay. Yeah. Do you have connections to them? Are you in their totally. circles? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I yeah. didn't know if it was like, I, I'm just, I have a huge crush on Ryan Reynolds. I'm like, get in line. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you've got the sugar daddy. And then I got the sugar daddy. Uh, were you were you escorting before you switched to sugaring, or has there always been more of these like longer deal situations? Um, I think they're the same thing. I don't know the difference. I would say like uh, escorting would be more of a you know per date like basis, whereas in sugar relationships seem it's to be like a little a bit month. more. They kind of yeah they, yeah they yeah. stretch out longer. They they're like these faux relationships with a money element. Um, I had to go through probably like forty different dudes before i met the guy that for right. some reason tolerates me and is into me and he re- he's really great because like he's very much older and uh and i don't know he can handle me and really i don't know anybody else that can and it's perfect because like he's married and he's got kids so it's like you know i don't really have to deal with him that much i mm-hmm. just have to be like nice and sweet whenever i can and sometimes i'm a real cunt you know but like he like you know sometimes i will send like you know 20 30 texts about like you know i need this i need that i need ass implants i want tits you know (laughs) can i have 10k for this and that and it's like no i'm already eating into my retirement (laughs) and i'm not sure how i'm gonna live (laughs) (laughs) but like but he really does care about me i feel like you know even like right now he's trying to let me you know he's trying to help me to like stay a couple extra days and change a flight Mm -hmm. and i think he really just wants me to be happy and he really i feel like he really does love me like half the time i'm like this guy's a fucking goblin and i have nightmares forever (laughs) and then half the time i'm like but he's really sweet and he was super hot when he was like 30 years old and i would have been crazy about him back then so just look at like the framed photos on the nightstand like when you're doing it no, just be like, I no, I, I'm, I'm technically fucking that guy. It just doesn't look like him right now. I wish I just closed my eyes. Actually, <laughs> like uh, two weeks ago, I actually had a fucking dream about this guy. Okay. And I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I wish I got paid for that shit. It was like, he was in my dream. He was lying on a couch. We were in, he was like lying horizontal and there were like some teal curtains, like coming down some high windows. And I was just like in this house with him. And then I woke up and I was like, Oh my god! I have to dream about this guy too. That is fucked up. But it has been five years, so I mean, five years. It's been a long time. That's a long. That's a long sugar relationship. I know. I'm trying to get an. I'm trying to get an somebody else now. I feel like I need. I just haven't had time. Yeah. Wait. So you you want to juggle a second one, or do you want to break up with this one? And I don't want to break up with him. I actually <laughs> want to get life insurance on him. <laughs> <laughs> I feel. I feel like the he's the- kind of near the end. I mean, it would be dumb to like kick him to the curb at this point i've really <laughs> i've really done like you really at, put you've invested t- time yeah, in this we're one. at the point where like sometimes he can't even come all the time and i just get to like be like all right guess it's not happening mm. you know <laughs> so it's like i'm at that sweet spot i feel like now with him it's like but i'd like to like get somebody else on so that i can you know you know uh ensure your future 
<laughs> yeah, you when know, he goes. I just want to be a Joan Rivers that got the plastic surgery right. Okay. You know, <laughs> and that's going to cost money. So I need to find somebody else that can put the bill. <laughs> well, I bet the wife probably is laying claim to the life insurance, but you got to get yourself written in that will. Oh, fun which, fact. Definitely. Uh, fun fact. Uh, anybody can take out a life insurance policy on anybody and nobody needs to know about it. All that needs to happen is that person needs to okay it. So he basically just needs to like sign a paper that says, all right, this person can take, you know, life insurance out on me and and uh, his wife would never know about it. But wow. she would know about it if I was in the will. So, you know, that's why, like, I can't be mm-hmm. in the will. Fair, fair. Yeah. He's an old school, you know, small town Italian boy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's got manners. You know, he, he his mom died when he was really young. So he's had the kind of hardship that makes him, like, a really good person, I feel like, you know. Mm. He's just... Um, he's He's deep. You know, he can cook. He's kind of an artist. He... Uh, he tries to help me with my jokes, which is a whole other nightmare. But, oh, yeah. Part- know, uh, hey, partners out there, don't help with the jokes unless they ask for it. Especially John's like, come <laughs> on, dude. And he's got a real thick Italian accent, which makes his 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 sexy talk hysterical. He doesn't know how to pronounce pussy. It's it's really funny. What was he was he managed to get out? Oh, he's like, oh, you, you have the best pussy in the whole world. <laughs> You are the only girl for me. This dick is all yours. It's like, oh my God. I just have to not laugh. It's like, I just close my eyes and I'm like, is this fucking happening? Oh gosh. You know, it's like, um, but you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm a crazy, crazy batch of things. Like, I, I don't know if you know this, but I, I was in a cult too. Mm. And when I was in this cult, you know, we were taught to sort of, um, to be able to sort of detach from our ego and compartmentalize to a point of almost like i feel like sometimes being a superhero you know where you can go in and like you know suck a dick that tastes bad and like come out of it go take a shower and be like what's real you know what i'm saying this is the the buddha field yeah the buddha field yeah they were in uh what was the netflix documentary called again yeah holy hell yeah wait so what what was this uh this cold situation because one, I think a lot of people sometimes accuse me of running a sex cult, and I'll be like, I don't know, you might be right, I'm not sure yet. Uh, you gather, you gather my fans around into a room, it, it, people start taking their clothes off, and it's like I didn't start it, I swear. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, that's what, what they wanted to do at the open mic last night after I got off. The, the host was like, "Let's lock the doors and see what happens." That's exactly <laughs> what a woman wants to hear on an open mic. I know a man going say, Every- like, "Let's lock the doors." Everybody got kind of tense. So I was like, "Okay." What what ages were you in this in this cult for? Um, I was in the cult. I mean, I was initiated when I was um, fourteen. Okay, I was my big sister was in it as a twenty year old, and she's you know fourteen years older than me. So I was six at the time. She was just getting into it from her best friend, and so she sort of brought me into it. Hmm. Um, and so I was like meditating to Enya when I was ten years old, and then I was going to. Um, Paramahansa Yogananda's uh, Self-Realization Fellowship Center in Pacific Palisades in Los Angeles, um, which is like a little center where everybody meditates and stuff. And then I was initiated when I was 14. And I stayed in it, you know, a year, like right up until I got out of college. Um, and I, I ended up, they started in LA, then they traveled to Austin because the cult awareness got them in LA. So they, What's, you know. What's uh, cult awareness? There's a, there's like a, there's something called cult awareness and i they guess they go around trying to 
breakup cults and stuff. Okay. Yeah, some some boyfriend of a girl that ended up being in it, gorgeous girl, uh, you know, alerted them, and so everybody broke up, and then they re they recongregated in Austin, Texas. So I went from from L.A. to Austin, Texas. Um, and my parents weren't supposed to know about it. So it was just, I just was going to Austin to go to college there and be with my sister who happened to be there. And, and what was the, what's the initiation process? Also, what was the hook of this cult? Cause I feel like each cult, they got like their thing. So what was like, I guess the, the central focus of this fucked up organization? It was actually all about meditation. Okay. Yeah, it was. And, and that was really beautiful. I mean, I love escaping my head. You know, and now I'll do that through, you know, whatever, drugs, you know, alcohol. It's fun. Um, but, you know, just getting high. You could get high from meditating and um, just kind of dropping your mind. Dropping your mind is a phrase that they would use. Um, so that was pretty much what it was about. Now, later we learned he was ha- he was gay and he was having sex with male disciples. We were told not to have sex. But so wait, he was telling the members Hey, no one, no fucking, but he was just slaying dick in the back room. Yeah, it's a great documentary. Holy hell. It's like one of Netflix's top five documentaries. I don't remember okay. who, who who made that list. but um, And yeah, the guy that directed it, uh, William Allen, is supposed to shoot my next music video for a song I wrote <laughs> called Anal Big that's on my record. Which Naturally. Super fitting. Of course. <laughs> <It would laughs> no pun a, intended. Sure. <laughs> super fitting for that master cock did you abstain from sex for that time period or were you slipping or no i got shamed for being with a girl when i was 11 and i didn't even masturbate from like 11 to 19 and then you know i was in this cult at that time and then the second in command um ended up wanting to fuck me and i i feel like he sort of took advantage of me but i was 19 but i was also brainwashed he was 43 I was 19 and I lost my virginity to him, I would say. I fucked boys when I was five, but I was like, you know, looking down and being like, oh, is it in? Is it in? So I don't really consider that. Wait, you losing. fucked boys when you were five? Like across the street, cousins and like stuff. S- s- your age? Yeah, yeah. Kids? Yeah. Can kids get hard at five? I don't, I don't, I don't remember. I just remember not being sure if it was in and like looking down and being like, is it in? So I don't consider that losing my virginity, but like when it hurt and I think, you know, my hymen broke was 19 to this guy. And he was, he was like the second in command to the master. His name in the cult was Aris. His original name was Ben. He was from New Jersey. <laughs> ben from New Jersey. And I then he know. recreates himself as, what'd you say, Aris? Well, the master renamed everybody, but not me. He he gave my sister the name Orchid. Yeah. And then what was uh, what yours was whatever it mine, is. Mine okay. stayed Tara for some reason. Mine stayed Tara. That's my <laughs> my my birth name is okay. Tara. Um, but yeah, yeah, he was really articulate, and I was interested in his insides. On the outsides, he wasn't really anybody that I liked, and I had to literally drop my mind to have sex with him, but. Did and you felt like you had to drop, like you did you feel like you had to have sex with him and then dropping your mind is like how you found yourself able to? Like, I mean, I just wasn't attracted to him, right? So then, so then, and then I think, then, like, why are you having sex with him? Well, because I feel like he kind of took advantage, you know, don't be 43 and try to fuck a girl that's 19 in a cult. It's like, I'm 30 and I typically try not to fuck 19 year olds, period. Like, (laughs) like, fuck, fuck a 19 year old. But if she's in a cult, like, you know that that girl has mental problems. Mm -hmm. I don't know. 
I just feel like, you know, he took advantage of me a little bit. And when I ran into him like years later, I was pissed off. He like he cut yeah. off communication after the cult broke up with me and everybody for about 10 years. And then like he reached out and he was like, hey, hey, on Facebook. And I was like, I was like, you did the same thing to me that the master did to these disciples. And I, I just said, I was really upset when he finally reached out. And I was like, and I'm going to go fuck a 70-year-old man for $500. Like, he used to call me his little lamb. So I knew that would really get him. Yeah. Did you, <laughs> did you and, and when did you finally become disillusioned with the cult situation? Um, I, I was bored of it before they even broke up. I got tired of it because I'd been there for a long time. You know, and it wasn't interesting anymore. It was the same it was the same things over and over. And I just started to look at everybody like they were slow moving targets, you know? How so? Cattle roaming about slow moving targets. I just, that was just my phrase for people. I felt like mm -hmm. I just didn't belong. It was boring. I wanted to get out and do my music. I was tired of, you know? So, okay. So I was made an example uh, in the cult, uh, where like they were the master would be like oh, you know tara could go do american idol but she's here with us and i'd be like yeah i'm a good disciple but funny story so after i got out of the cult um i ended up going to american idol okay. to sign up in san francisco and i made it to round two but then they asked me um they asked me why do you want to be on american idol and i said i want to find out if simon cowell's gay and then they sent me out of the room and these four people d deliberated and then I was told like I'm not going through. But also I like how that you thought, well, if I win American Idol, then that's you get the prize money and an envelope that tells you whether or not Simon Cowell's gay. Right. <laughs> it's like, OK. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to stop Simon, you know, which is kind of like the subtext. I was that like. going to be your test? Be like, well, if he exactly. doesn't fuck me, then we know what that means. Yeah. I felt like I would maybe have a shot. To see, like, all right, what what's your deal? But here's a funny story, Lainey. So I got a message on Instagram last night about uh, somebody was saying, because I talked about this thing on um, a tinfoil cast, okay. a tinfoil hat with uh, Sam Tripoli. And this, this person was like, yeah, you know, actually what you said about that I think is true because I saw Simon Cowell coming out of a gay bar somewhere. Wow. And I was like, but I mean, a streak, I can go to a gay bar, right? I mean, I don't know. But I got a message about that specifically. And I was mm. like, that's so funny. It's like you do, you, Simon. You, <laughs> you talk about the, the cult so like nonchalantly. Uh, I know. It's and, just... and even when you say you want to get out, it's, you, you know, you're citing boredom. Yeah. Were, did you, were you even aware, though, about being brainwashed? Were you aware that this is actually a cult? Or was it simply a... Eh, this is boring and not for me anymore. Well, I think it was really fun and interesting. I think as a result of it, I'm, you know, definitely twisted somehow, mm -hmm. but maybe not. Well, you do call yourself Tokyo Cum Punch and casually wear cat ears. So I'm not going <laughs> to draw any conclusions. I'm just going to yeah. observe. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I think I really was brainwashed. At the same time, I think there's so many cults in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, just some are some are better done than others. Sure. You know, make a lot of money. Make a lot of money if you're going to do a cult, you know. I mean, I feel like there's just so many cults out there. 
And it was just kind of so much fun that I don't know if I would have done things differently. Really? There were, first of all, there were hella beautiful people in there. Okay. So it's like, yeah, I want to be around all these hot people. That you're not allowed to have sex with, apparently? Well, people had sex anyway. They weren't, yeah. But, um, I mean, just the girls were just stunning. And the guys, you know, were, were really, really cute. Um, and it was really fun and it was playful. And, you know, my master was really funny. He was from Venezuela. So he had a really funny accent and he would fuck up all, all the traditional American sayings. You know, he would be sharing a story and he'd be like, and Lord and behold, you know, and we would just like <laughs> laugh about, you know, just he, he just was really charming and very cute. I mean, he was, he was a hot guy. But at the same time, there were these dark elements running around, whether it was the master with the guys he was seducing or even the second command who was, you know, sexually, you know, do you feel like you were sexually coerced? Like, or, Oh yeah. hundred percent. So like there's this going on. I imagine he's doing it with who knows how many other women in, in the cult over, you know, whatever many years. Yeah. And you know, would you, Oh, that was yeah. the leader, but I'll talk about the second com- in command. Yeah. Uh, sorry, the Jersey boy Ben, who uh, sorry Aris or he's a, or whatever he's, he's calling himself. It's just, it's just sounds. You know, I, I just wonder, you know, how long after exiting the cult you you kind of look back and if anything looks different. You know, whether it's seeing a documentary about it or reading about it, or if you look back and go like, no, that was just like a thing I did. Um, he's a psychologist now. And he does sessions online. What? He lives in Ohio. He went. He went He's to allowed school. to just do that? <laughs> He's actually a genius. He's a really smart guy. You know, he's a really smart guy. I don't think but he knew also what anyone he was who's doing. A, you, don't, you don't think he knew he was abusing I, anyone? I don't think he knew. I think he kind of maybe thought, as, thought of me as like a wise old soul. Maybe I was, maybe I was too advanced. I don't know. I do know it does. It does take two to tango. So I'm not going to be like I'm the victim. You know. I mean, I've, I've had. Yeah, but if you're 14, 15, 16, your you know your mind can't compete with someone. Oh yeah. You know, significantly older who's coercing you in a power structure like a cult. Yeah. Although it, it is interesting though that the the leader he's doing that with men, and then the second command, you know, you're suggesting maybe he didn't know either. And there is a world where you could say he might have been looking to the master and saying, "Well, that's what he does, and I'm also in a position of uh, power, so I shall do as the master does." But I like pussy, so I'll do it with these cute young women around. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely upset with the master on a on a few different levels, but this was the main thing, you know. And he couldn't really tell me about it because nobody talked about it and nobody knew. But yeah, I mean, before me, he was with this drop that stunning, stunning woman. Uh, she was just such a such a sight for for sore eyes. This wor- this woman. Um, she's in the film for a few little things. You see her uh, humping him in the water and being playful about it. It's really funny. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think if I had to do things differently sometimes, I think I probably would have maybe not gone to college <laughs> and just tried to do my music. And I think definitely getting into stand up as a, as a, as a teenager would have been really cool. Cause God, I would have, I would be, I would be so, so like deep in it by now. I yeah. Think. But we all would have resented you during those teenage years. Do you, do you feel the, you know, you're getting these different messages while in there because you're being told don't have sex and be chased. And then the, you know, the second command he's seducing you and doing what yeah. he does. 
all of that, and then you're seeing whatever you may or may not have seen going on around you, what, and it's all during your formative years, what effect do you feel like this maybe had on your sexuality, if any? Well, I, I think I was really fucked up to begin with. Maybe not fucked up. You were banging, not, apparently banging your cousin at five. Cousins, plural. Sorry, uh, I don't want to rob you of additional incest. Girl across the street, guy across the street, girl next door. Uh, I was really active sexually from a very young age. My grandpa, who couldn't do much, was living with us. And I just found this out. I just figured this out with my therapist. I think perhaps the reason why I was, maybe not. Maybe it was just independent of this. But my grandpa was living with us and he would always watch porn. So I could literally just peek into his room, you know, and just be like, oh, shit that's cool mm-hmm. wow and uh, i figured out too because uh i am a I'm, I'm an advanced individual i was like looking through the tv back when we had channels you know okay. <laughs> and uh, you know in the 90s i guess and yeah uh, hey kids listening there once were a thing called tv channels <laughs> They weren't apps. They were like apps, but they all had a number associated. Yeah, and I remember there was I was able to get get the porn channels and see things, but it would be like with those those static lines coming right. through, and but I would hear it and I would see like small little snippets, and I'd be like, "Oh shit!" Like, and so I was really excited, probably way before I should have been. But I'll, but you know, here here's the other thing. Nowadays, you have you porn and all these sites, and you know what? Nowadays, if I was five years old, I probably would be able to figure out that same shit right on my mm. phone. You know, so I feel like maybe maybe I'm not that different from everybody. Maybe you know, I don't think seeing some porn, you know, then is is going to be too much of the factor. I'm I'm thinking all you don't? these. I think all the people that you're, you know, that, I mean, I don't know the ages of everyone involved, but, you know, being a five-year-old, being sexual with other children, feel like that might have a, that might inform things a little bit more. Because we can't escape sexual imagery and just in the in the day and age we've been in the last few decades. Well, it's just that it feels so good. And as a child, like, when you first discover that, I mean, that's everything. I mean, to this day, it's like... Like, I, I didn't bring my vibrator with me, and I, I, I regret it sometimes, but I do think I prefer... You're literally around the corner from a really good sex shop, so you're fine. Oh, that's true. There's that's a Babeland right around here. That is true. <laughs> I like those ones that, like, run real loud with that huge motor. Yeah. <laughs> like, the neighbors would be like, she's vacuuming, <laughs> you know? Um, but, yeah, I, I I don't know. Were all the situations when you were a kid with other kids? Oh, Yeah. I did. I did try to get my uncle to touch me one time, but he 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 wasn't interested. I played a game with him. Elaborate. Well, I was like, okay, you lay down on the floor and you spread out like this, like a snowflake, and I'm gonna lay on top of you, and I'm gonna, you know. I was like, okay, what's he gonna do? But we, we didn't do anything, and then it was like time to eat. I was like, you suck, dude. What kind of uncle are you? <laughs> what what kind of uncle doesn't molest their niece? He, uh, you know, who's it, clearly asking for it. He was so fun. We'd like run, we'd we'd go on a bike together around my little neighborhood, like at dusk, and I felt so cool, like I was out late, you know, when I was little, and um, he was a good looking guy, lot, you know. So were my cousins. Yeah, but, well, but at five, like, are you really conscious of that type of thing? I remember being like, oh, so-and-so's pretty, but, I mean, not that that early. I was always a connoisseur of beauty. Oh, okay. I think so. Do yeah. you and your cousins still ever talk about back then? Ever talk about, like, what y'all did together? No. 
Not really. My my uh no, we don't ever talk about it. My big my the guy that I gave my first blowjob to at age seven, he was eleven at the time, doesn't talk to me anymore. And boy, was he gorgeous. And but his brother, who I also fucked, does talk to me. How old were you when you fucked his brother? Probably like nine or some shit. Then our families diverged and split up over money, so our parents don't really talk anymore, but we do. And where are the parents in all of this? Um, I mean, we'd have sleepovers, you know. There would be bunk beds and the parents wouldn't be God, I'm getting getting horny just talking about this. Talking about <laughs> your your prepubescent sexual adventures. Yeah. Yeah. There's something kind of fucked up about it, but it, there's something kind of cool about it. I don't know. Well, there is something that society does say is fucked up about all that. I, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. you look back at all that stuff fondly. Well, I mean, you got these shows like Game of Thrones and they make it look hot, you know, like brother and sister. Come on. Sure. But Did they you- were like fully grown adult. It was like adult incest. <laughs> Which isn't it interesting though that HBO's really? allowed to have incest depicted and not say stepsister, but porn still can't get their credit cards processed unless they say stepson. Oh, really? Oh, you didn't know? That? Yeah, that's why we see all. I need all that step porn is it's only step. because um, there's outdated obscenity laws and there's like a lawyer at all these companies saying, I don't know. In theory, you get prosecuted, and so then the advisor credit card companies say you have to say step, which is stupid. I watched one porn recently where there was a, a grandma, a ma, and a daughter, but they can't say grandmother, ma, mother, daughter. So, like, the mother's all like, this is my stepdaughter. But then, like, the relationship between the mom and the grandma also has to be step, mm-hmm. uh, and the grandma – and that, that way is also the grandma and the daughter – is like also not really it was getting ridiculous everyone's calling each other step this even though they're not actually step siblings like just say you're all related it's okay no i'm not gonna call anybody look it's uh the director of of holy hell just sent me a audio message (laughs) well is his name i don't know what he's gonna say but you but you look back all the childhood memories fondly (laughs) um okay but here's my question for you oh billy as an english major um i do have a ba in english from the University of Texas while I was in the cult. Uh, as an English major, we were taught, you know, symbolism, look into things, you know? So if these two cats from Game of Thrones are having sex as mm-hmm. adults, they probably had sex as kids. Mm-hmm. Incest, you know, I'm saying a person, a person, I mean, when is a person at their most beautiful? I think six, seven years old. That's the prime. That's like the first prime. It's like you, you, it's really hard to fi- it's really hard to find an ugly six or seven year old. They're cute as fuck, right? Okay. And then they grow up, and you're like, oh my god, what happened? But like six or seven is like they're gorgeous. So if the but, brothers but- and sisters are fucking at thirty years old, my guess they were fucking all. Th- that doesn't just happen. It's like, oh wow, look at you turned into this swan. It's like no. I, I mean, I don't think that shit, if you just want to like do a little bit of like symbolism and reading into Game of Thrones and you want to talk about like that incest, that shit, it, it indicates, in my opinion, it indicates, you know, a long time of incest. It's not like, sure. well, now we're kings and queens. and now, Well, we're finally 18. Now we can commit incest. Now we can. Sure. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so you're, are you approve of incest? 
No, no, I'm totally messed up. I mean, I make jokes about it because it's therapy for me. Okay. I've had really, I've had a lot of bad therapists. I've had therapists that right when I got out of the cult, these men would, would, these old white dudes would, would, would try to like make me really feel like a victim. And it was really damaging and really weird. Mm. Now I have great, you know, I have great therapists. You know, I've ended up going with women, even though typically, um, you know, in my history, I haven't really been had a great uh, history of a lot of women friends, which has all changed in the last year. Now I have like a bunch of women friends and my therapists have been women that have helped mm. me. But, you know, some of these guys like, the, you know, they make me want to they, they want me to really sort of embrace and accept this idea that I'm like this mass victim to like these things. And it's like that doesn't help me like that mm. really maybe that helps some other people and they need to process that like if they've been raped or this or that. But for me. It, you know, I got to sort of accept like, you know, I really, yeah, I was really young, but yeah, I made choices, you know, I made choices. Well, I think the question is like, you know, as a society, we, you know, do we, do we accept whether or not children can make choices or can they make, cho or can they make choices that we should trust to let them go make or are they choices that should be done under some supervision as they learn how to make better choices? I don't know the answer. I just think that's, you know, it's, it's why we don't just say. It's why if a seven-year-old is very, you know, much going after her uncle, uh, even though she <laughs> says, I'm making a choice here, we would still say, you're, we don't let you make this choice at seven. Yeah. And here's some reasons why. And if you're going to try to bang your uncle, wait till you're of, you know, statutory age. Yeah, 100%. Like, I no, I definitely do not advocate uh, incest. I have two cats, brother and sister. When I see him getting up on her, I'm like, get the fuck away from Shoshana. Mm. Mork, you're a bad boy. Leave her alone. You know, I've been a teacher. I've watched kids. And I'm very, very protective of them. You know, very protective of them. Um, I've had an 11-year-old message me on Instagram. I mean, uh, for something that got taken down, I had a joke about, you know, uh, <laughs> I had this joke about, Babe, uh, ever since I told you, I was like, I was telling this kid the other day, babe, I feel like ever since I told you I was a hooker, you haven't been that into me. And he just said, uh, I'm 11. <laughs> Yo, I'm not trying to play mathematician here. You want your dick sucked or not? Mm -hmm. Stop wasting my time. And then the 11 year old kid. DM'd you like, well, yeah. I mean, He's I'm like, 11. Exactly. Will you suck my penis? He's like, Yo, I'm 11. I'm like, oh my God, cry emoji. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, that got taken off. Well, Instagram. I am glad that you would not bang a child. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really protective of them. You know, just I think too because of what I've been through, but I I, I just have to make light of my situation and that's sure. why I do the comedy. And But I don't, I don't, I definitely don't advocate it. You know, sometimes after my sets, like gorgeous girls will come up to me and buy me shots and be like, you know, I'm a sex worker. think, you know, and it's like, it almost breaks my heart a little bit because I want to live in a world where, you know, gorgeous girls don't have to do that they could do that but like they could make a lot of money doing something else sure. that doesn't involve fucking you know nasty dudes for example mm. um but you know i know a lot of gorgeous girls like you know ginger banks yeah you know, ginger banks, she introduced me to laney and she's like super like her vibes are so high and just she's wait how'd you meet wait so ginger introduced you to laney yeah then how'd you meet ginger i just would have assumed that you would have introduced her to ginger no ginger's amazing she's one of my favorite people on the internet i know she was at my last show and she's she's uh i love her so much she just emanates light she's like mm -hmm. a fucking angel and there's no there's no negativity to what she does she just you know just cute like she approaches wanna... such negative potentially negative things and figures like 
let's say it's like the the call out culture stuff and where you want you know in a situation where you could just like yell at people on the internet she goes no i'm gonna call them in. i'm gonna have these conversations with people blah blah, blah. And it's like okay great like she she wants to try to have a positive beautiful spin on like anything that's dark and, and nasty i know she just wrote an article for xbiz actually that i have to read about about shame mm-hmm. um she's she i i really do look up to her she's uh she's so amazing you know and when i get around her i just feel nothing but like warmth and joy and and that's that's so cool um but i do also feel bad for you know the girls that are sort of not don't want to do it but they do it because they need the money sure and it's not you know but then again you know work is work who likes their fucking job it's right. very few people that are just like you know love their job yeah that's why i never like when people go like oh what there's no way she likes doing that i was like she doesn't have to i know plenty of people i have a friend who she used to be the highest paid escort in north carolina and then she had to stop that and she started working at starbucks where she literally had to clean up shit from a bathroom because someone's shit on the floor and she was like yeah this is way more degrading than fucking an old dude for money Look, I I had so many. I was a substitute teacher, and I honestly, that to me is worse. Getting paid seventy dollars a day, yeah. Whereas then you get seventy dollars for a picture. Well, it was more than that. It was it was like you know it was like one thirty a day, but you know you're you got to be there like you know seven thirty, and you're out. You know, and just dealing with kids. One hundred thirty dollars, multiple kids starts at seven thirty, many hours, or one dude for a half hour. For $130 sounds, you know, way more economically uh, responsible. Yeah. Well, I would never do anything for less than 400 that involves. You go, girl. I'm a cheap whore. So that's just where we differ. Yeah. Well, there's, yeah, you know, um, but uh, to answer your question about Ginger, I yeah. met her because I uh, got on Kill Tony yeah. when Ian Edwards was on there and I actually had a dope show. Your first one? Um, yeah. My I, first, saw, I saw, I saw the, I, I watched the YouTube of it last night. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, saw that. I haven't been up since. Um, but that went really great. Um, Ian Edwards is cool as hell and we're friends. Mm. And, um, and Ginger was there and she just came up to me afterwards and I had no idea who she was. And of course, later that night, I looked her up and totally came to her <laughs> videos, <laughs> um, and told her so. Um, but yeah, so that's that's how I met Ginger, and then I was like, I was ha- as I told you, I was having yeah. a lot of trouble getting my music anywhere. It wasn't getting any love, and I was like, Ginger, you're probably totally the wrong person to ask. But do you like? Do you know how I could like, you know, try to build up, you know, my my presence with this music stuff? And she was like, I know somebody that could maybe get you on Two Shorts podcast, and then, you know, she's like, let me introduce you cool. to Lainey. Um, but you know, she believed in me. It wasn't just like, you know, it wasn't just like, you know, you can do this for anybody and like, you know. So that that just kind of happened from there. And um apparently she's never recommended anybody to Lainey before, so I feel really special. Wow. <laughs> Lainey's like, she never fucking did. <laughs> it's a very different connotation. <laughs> We're fucking referrals. <laughs> Oh, that's so fun. Um, yeah. So uh, in your music as, as Hung Young Terrorist, which now no it's Terra makes way more sense. Uh, yeah. Uh, it is, what What is your music kind of about? I was more vibing. I'm more of a melody person, so I just vibe out to the melody and lyrics to kind of escape me. But yeah. what would you say your music's typically about? Um, well, this particular record, it's about it's about The self-titled drugs. one? Yeah. Okay. Dr- the uh, Hung Young Terrorist record peep it out on spotify if you haven't uh it's got 
it's it's drugs sex um you know hooking money all that shit those are hobbies of most of the people who listen to this podcast fantastic oh yeah it's it's like legit hip-hop i mean i wrote it on i wrote it a lot of it on acid but i also went in like a scientist and i was just like checking the rhythms checking Mm -hmm. the flows um i modeled it after my favorite uh my favorite artists you know odb um you know wu-tang clan red man buster rhymes uh uh antwerd for one of them um that that's the one anal big is modeled after Mm. um but you know i didn't get into hip-hop uh for a while i i started doing singer-songwriter stuff i was always i got a guitar when i was 10 and i was doing singer-songwriter when you weren't fucking everyone on the block at 10 uh you were picking up a guitar yeah i was actually learned i learned classical for for eight years from 10 to 18 i played segovia to get into the classical guitar program at the university of texas at austin um and I would write like these songs that were sort of like a little Joan Baez, a little Joni Mitchell. Um, and uh, in college, I did a little bit of like stuff that sounds a little bit I, I, after inspired by Nina Simone, her love songs album. Um, and uh, I couldn't I, I when I got out of the cult, I got really far with it, but I didn't I didn't do anything like I, I ended up turning down the deal that went to Amy Winehouse, mm-hmm. um, which was devastating Uh and I even played for Rick Rubin, couldn't get any love, decided to move to New York. And I thought, you know, because this is the great equalizer. And I thought, you know, if I can if I can do my art in New York, then I'm a true artist, you know. Um, but I got my ass kicked <laughs> in New York. I, I did I did some other things. You know, I ended up I ended up recording at the Magic Shop um, in Soho. I don't know if no. you know about that place. Crosby Street. Um, it's it's since been closed um steve rosenthal um but and i did the living room which like also has mm-hmm. been closed where it used to be right next to the piano pianos yeah. um but living room cake shop all those right there. i know they're they're gone kate berlin used to run a, a fun comedy show at cake shop yeah um my head was shaved at the time because i was going through things but uh then uh <laughs> you seem to always be going through something <laughs> or another yeah they would call me britney spears um when i walked through the the basketball courts but uh i was just really uh couldn't get any love for the singer songwriter stuff so then you know i got into this hooking business Mm -hmm. and that led me to um also just feel all kinds of things and i i feel like i had to become hard and that was when i started making psychotic records and wearing kitten ears you know because kitten ears is hard (laughs) (laughs) yeah i go like kitten ears i'm not don't fuck with her yeah trouble trouble uh but yeah so then i made these crazy records and then this guy daryl swan heard these records which had elements of hip-hop but they were completely psychotic um i did did three of those and then he was like all right you want to make a real hip-hop record let's do this and so he sort of helped me create you know that that record that you know is out right now but i didn't get into hip-hop really until 2015 Mm -hmm. because i was just i felt like look you know, so many so many people are rapping about hoes and hookers and money. It's like that's kind of today's hip hop, at least. And even back in the day, like the Wu Tang Clan and all that. So I felt like I had sort of the real life experience to get into hip hop. Whereas, yeah. like, if I, you know, if I tried to get into hip hop, it would have to be like conscious rap or something. If I hadn't, you know, got, gone through all the pain that I'd gone through, like, you know. Which I guess, you know, Talib Kweli does hmm. does a lot of that conscious stuff and it's still very 
very hard and, and raw and beautiful. Um, but yeah, I think when I, when I started having sex for money is when I thought I can rap now. I now have, I have like enough pain in my life to, to be able to rap. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I, I do have one other, one last question Um, is, you know, in the time period you got out of the cult around 2022 or something, right? Does that sound right? 2022? You got you, at the age of 20 oh, or 22, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at, you had been, I think it's fair to say, like brainwashed and taken advantage of sexually with like power dynamics and whatnot. Yeah. What was dating, what was sex and dating like for you in those time, in that time getting out of the cult and readjusting to, you know, the rest of society? I was really excited to have sex with, with guys like in their twenties because I hadn't done that. I'd only been with like a 43 year old who I wasn't attracted to. Or seven year olds when you were seven. There's like a real, real age swing. Yeah. I think, uh, I was just really excited to kind of assimilate, but at the same time, uh, I didn't know how to act and I feel like I'm just now learning how to act with, with men. Yeah. So I, I just did a lot of stupid things and I didn't really quite value myself. What were some of the stupid things? Just, uh, just, uh, I think I just didn't, I just didn't really value myself. And I let, I, I was just completely enamored with boys that today I would be like, all right, whatever. You know what I mean? Just, just, I was just, I was very naive because I hadn't had any experience in the real world. I hadn't grown up. I haven't, I hadn't, you know, done things that I should have done in high school. So I think I acted, you know, like maybe kids act in high school when I was in my twenties because I hadn't really grown up properly mm-hmm. the way that most kids do and learn that stuff, you know, from a younger age. Yeah. So I learned it late. I was okay. a late bloomer all around. So, and when did you, when did you feel, you say you're starting to get a handle of it now? Was there anything in particular or a particular experience where you're like, Oh wow, I like I handled that like an adult person. Yeah. Yeah, like like even just this week, this guy that I like, I turned my crazy down and I kept the texts like a normal person instead of just saying every fucking thing that came into my head, you mm-hmm. know, and just was like, "Oh, he would appreciate less." Yeah. So how about I text a little bit less and then maybe I'll actually get to meet up with this person that I really like. Mm-hmm. And I did because I just kept it like you know, and I, I know now, you know, don't reach out to somebody that you really like if you're depressed and sad because that's not the energy that's going to get them around you. Like, wait mm-hmm. until like you're feeling good and you don't need them or not. And that's when you like reach out to somebody. My mom's been telling me this forever, but I only recently it clicked, you know? <laughs> so yeah, things like that. It's just like that grown up type shit. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, um, Hung or Cunt or Young or Tokyo, <laughs> you know, any, any of these. Um, Hung Young Cunt Putt. Yes. Uh, no. <laughs> where, Thank you. Where can people find you? I know the um, the album Hung Young Terrorist is on Spotify because that's where I listen to it. But where else can they find you in the world? Okay. They can find me on Instagram and Twitter at I am Hung Young. I-A-M-H-U-N-G-Y-U-N-G. Um, the album you can peep it out on all platforms and links to all the socials and stuff are at hungyoungterrorist.com. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks so much for chatting with me. Uh, Thank it, you. you. Know, crush it on your shows while that you're here so in New York. Fun. And uh, why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye, everybody. This is the Man Whore Podcast. <laughs> Woo!
what a journey, what a ride, what an episode, everybody. Ah, make sure you go follow uh, our various peoples. All right, go follow Max Fine. He was hilarious. Okay, make sure you're following Hung Young Terrorist. Right on, right on. And of course, you should be following me on all the places. Uh, I look. A lot of you think you're following me on Instagram, and I'm promising you that you're not. Because I got my shit disabled quite a while ago. So remember, go to Instagram, follow me at Billy is Persita. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at the Billy Persita. If you search Billy Persita, I pop up. You'll know which one is me. You can also engage uh, about this week's episode on the Manor Podcast Facebook fan page. Go over there, click like, give us a comment about what you thought about this week's show. Uh, if you want to send me something you know, a little longer, maybe uh, you got a comment, maybe you got a question, maybe you got some boobies pictures, or maybe you just got a couch I can crash on as I, I pass through your town, you can send all that over to manwhorepod at gmail.com. Don't forget, everybody, we are going to cover my body in your names if we hit 200 patrons as of December 25th. Become a member today and see your name on my body at patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. Oh boy, everybody, the new year, it's coming up quick. Hope you're getting yourselves ready. And I think uh, I think next week for Christmas, I'm going to read some of your your 2019 sexual achievements because a lot of y'all shared those on Instagram recently. Uh, so I think I might read some of those on air. Happy holidays, everybody. You know, Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, whatever religions are going on at this time. You know, I hope they are, are, are wonderful and mildly peaceful with you and yours. Don't, don't let mom sleeping in two doors down from you during the holidays stop you from getting yours. I don't care who's on the other side of that wall. I'm going to stay slutty. Mm-hmm.